Good morning, church. Happy Sabbath. Very nice to see all of you. And I'm sure all of you are also happy to see me, right? (laughs) Yeah, with bated breath, right? (laughs) Almost. Um, I think since Pastor James has announced, right, that Elder Kelly Ho is going to preach on the 11th of December, um, the weight of the world, right, has been on my shoulders. Week in, week out, everybody that I bump into, 11 December, right? I'm going to see you online. I'm going to see you uh, at church. Thank you all for your prayers and support. Uh, but it's not about me. It's about the message. And I hope that you will have something to take away from it at the end of um, my sermon, right? Uh, I've titled my sermon, Crossroads of Life. And why is that so? Um, decision-making is very much the rhythm of life, right? We do it every day. Sometimes it's the small little decisions. Example, you are now deciding whether you should listen to me or not. (laughs) After church, you're going to decide what you're going to eat, right? Those are the little decisions. Sometimes we get into the automatic mode for those. But there are other decisions, right, that are a bit more complex. We call it the big kahunas of your, your life, right? That big decision where you need more time, where you have to deliberate about it, where you stress over it. Things like, what subject should I take to start off my career? Do I go into engineering? Do I go into IT? Do I go into, right? That is a crossroad of life for a student. For us working, some of us are making that decision to change a career path. That is a big choice too. I did that 10 years ago, moving from engineering line to HR. That's another story for another day, right? And then there is the buying of the house. Um, buying of your house, that's also a big decision. Getting married having kids, and so forth, right? So, so, so you get it. Crossroads of your life. I like to talk about a condition. Uh, by the way, this is my note, okay? If you're wondering why I'm fiddling my phone. <laughs> the HR trainer, right? And, and, and the little flip, but now it's digital, so I don't have little flip pieces of paper, but it's all digital here. I like to talk about a condition that we all face in life, right? Uh, something that we feel sometimes we are forced to make a decision. It is about the I have to's in your life. What what do I mean by that? It is the things that you do, do. Okay, I'll clarify that. The things that you do, do. And when you do it, you want to do it because you want to avoid a consequence. And while you are doing that, you experience or have a negative experience or emotion. Make sense? Right, so why, why do I say do, do? Because it cannot be I don't have a pet or I don't have a dog, and I say, I have to go walk my dog, right? Because you don't do it. So it's something that you do do, right? And you want to avoid consequence. So I have to walk my dog. I have, okay, let's test it out. I have to eat. Is it I have to? Depends, Depends, right? Okay, for most of us Singaporeans here, I would say I have to eat is happy moments, right? 
is our go-to place to de-stress, get away from it. Be it the ice cream, be it the, the fishball noodle soup and so forth, right? Our comfort food. So that is not I have to because it doesn't create a negative emotion. But what are some of the I have to's in your life today? I want you to think about it. Are there the I have to's that you feel? I have to do it because I'm trying to avoid a consequence. And while you're doing it, you get that negative emotion. And example, I have to work. I'm going to use this work example a lot, right? Because HR guy, what, else can I, what other example can I give? I have to work. If you don't work, what happens? No money. But while you are working, how does that make you feel? If HR guy is asking you, oh, it feels great, boss. I feel, you know, I've got development and growth, right? But inside, stress, frustrated. Why my boss like this? Why the company like that? Why is the benefit like this? Okay? So I have to, for some of us, is I have to work. For others, students, do you feel you have to study? Because my mother, father put me through this, right? Actually, I don't like this school, but I have to because my mom asked me to go take that course. My dad asked me to go sign up for that degree. I have to. But if you don't study, what happens? Can you find work? Will you have a career? You can, but a bit more challenging, right? And while you are studying, for most students, they will feel what? That negative emotion again, right? Stress, upset, maybe angry sometimes, right? Oh, I can't just, can't get this right. You know, that... Again, the emotions come out. Parents, you have to teach your kid tuition, right? Help them, coach them in maths. How does that make you feel? Angry. I have done, I've gotten angry before, right, with my kids because why can't you just understand that? But they can't because I've gone through life, right? And, but I'm helping them because I want to help them succeed in school. So the things we do, right? Do you have to be a Christian? Interesting question. Do you have to be at church? And what are you trying to avoid? And how does that make you feel? Are you feeling one of these right now? Then you know you have to, right? Ah, oh, so bored. I have to be here. I hope not. I hope not. Right? And I don't see any of you looking like that. Looking at those, those emotions that I put up on the screen, are those things that you feel every day, off and on? Yes, definitely, right? Uh, and some of us live with it every day, day in, day out. In fact, we wake up feeling like this. I'm going to wake up angry today. I'm going to be moody. I'm going to be upset, right? Because already from, from the moment you wake up, oh, I have to get up and go brush my teeth. I have to go and get, get the kids ready. I have to go feed the cat. I have to, you know send my kid to school ready, by the time you get to lunch, lunch time, how do you think you'll be feeling? A about to explode, right? About to explode. Now, how many of you would like to have less of these kind of feelings? Okay, some of you are still enjoying. Okay, again, that's for another, another time, right? Uh, but definitely, there are many I have to see in our life. And I, and I just want to get into it a bit more, right? To help you understand, I have to work. My favorite topic, right? I have to work. If I don't work, 
then I will not have money. If I have no money, then I cannot afford to buy essentials. So far, this makes sense, right? And if I keep, look, notice I put there the if, then, dot, 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 right? That's my um, ex-engineer IT training background, the if, then, else statement, right? <laughs> For those of you who are in IT. But if I don't work, I have no money, I have no money, I have no food, clothes, and so forth. Notice I am just listing down all the decisions, actions, and the consequence of it, right? If you don't find work for a longer period of time, what will happen? For a longer period of time, no money, no food, no house, no shelter. There'll be a point in time where in life you'll be living off maybe charity, donations, right? On the street. At that point, the lowest point, if you think again, looking back at the list of negative emotions, right? Looking at this list of negative, how would you be feeling? Starting with I have to work, right? What will be your lowest point of feeling here in this list? And this is not comprehensive, right? There's so many other emotions that you could think of. For some of us, we'll be stressed. I think it'll be more than that, right? Can't even find the next meal the next day. Useless, worthless. I, I, I did this exercise with my, a group of my employees, right? Um, and some of them even came out and say, I may feel suicidal. Scary thought. Scary thought, right? But let's say you feel worthless. That's your bottom emotion. Now, would you rather, would you rather work than feel worthless? Is this statement true? Is this statement true? Common sense. Of course it's true. Of course it's true, but what does the word rather imply? What does the word rather imply here? Choice. Oh, I'm sorry, I'm sounding like a trainer, right? Because I'm asking and <laughs> just just me, okay? I'm, I apologize for it. But yeah, what does the word rather imply? Choice. That's correct. We have a choice. And if we replace the rather with, and, and that implies choice, then what does I have to work? How, what would I have to word change to? I? I choose to. I choose to work, right? And what would then option B, C, D, E, the rest of if I don't work, if I don't this, what are those other options? Choices, right? They are just choices, right? Whether I make the first choice, second choice, third choice, fourth choice. And if all these are choices, then is it correct to say that my first choice, I have to work, is your best available choice? Pause for you to absorb that a bit. Is your first choice your best available? Not your first choice, huh? but the choice that you say I have to work is your best available choice. I say it is. How do I know it's your best available choice? Because you are doing it. And if there was a better choice, you'll be doing that. Make sense? Yes. Right? Uh, question. Do you always make the best available choice in life? Yes, you do. I say yes, you do, Grace. Yeah. Why? Because at that moment, based on the information you have, 
based on the options that you have, if there was a better option, would you do the other? Yes, you would. So you always make the best available choice in life. Then this question comes up, do you have a choice about everything in life? And I've just listed a couple of possible things, right? Do you have a choice about religion? Yes. Do you have a choice of who your spouse will be? Yes. Do you have a choice of the education you want to take? And so forth. We have choice about almost everything in life, okay? Short of the point where you can't decide whether you're born or not. That's your parents' choice. But everything from the moment you're able to make a decision to the point that you die, you have a choice. Make it real, right? Do some people choose to die? They do. Okay, let's not get philosophical about this, right? You can say, yeah, but if this, did we choose to get COVID? Did we choose to, you know, get the El Nino, El Nino effect? And, right? Okay, let's not get there. Let's, let's shift it a bit. So I, I go back to my favorite topic, work. When you started to look for a job, what did you first do for most of us? It's been quite some time, right? I know none of you are active looking for jobs, but normally, normally what will you do? You go to the job boards, right? And you look for Jobstreet, Monster.com, Career.com, or whatever, right? Those websites, and you start looking at the, the jobs and the job that you're interested in. And you look at the job description, and you say, oh, that, that kind of work is interesting, that kind of role is interesting, that kind of career is interesting. You submit your CV, and so forth, right? And you go through the interviews and blah, 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 and you join the company and you're happy. And then one day while in a meeting, a colleague is not so nice to you. And then you look and say, hmm, did I get signed up for the right job? Is this the right place for me? Because of that one person, because of that one boss, because of a certain role that you're doing. When you sign up for that job, it came as a package. Right? Very good. I got very good listeners here. It comes as a package, right? Think about all the things in life that comes as a package. Being a parent, does it come as a package? I want to have kids because, you know, I want to have those lovely moments. The moment when the child first comes out and the eyes open, oh, so beautiful, right? That beautiful moment, the first cry, the first coo, the first daddy and mommy. And then there's that first poop. <laughs> at 2 a.m. at night, it's your turn tonight, yeah? It comes as a package, right? How about our spouse? Ooh, that one is a bit... Okay, I won't go too far on that, but it comes as a package too, right? That moment when you were looking for that perfect guy or girl, right? That Prince Charming and Princess Charming whatever that is in, in there, right? Until you get married, and it's still Prince Charming and Prince, Princess Charming, right? I, I, I would like to wish that for each of us, right? But how do I know and how do you know that you have made the best available choice on that spouse? Because for me, yesterday I was with Adeline. Today, I'm with Adeline. And tomorrow, I choose to be with Adeline. Right? So, 
It comes as a package. Each of us are not perfect, but it comes as a package. Why am I doing and saying all this part, right? We have a choice in life and sometimes we don't realize it. We live life through thinking that we don't have a choice, that we are being forced to do things that we do not want to, to do. And simply, you can live life with, I've got no choice, have the negative experiences, always telling yourself, I have to, feeling powerless. Or you could have the choice of saying, I have a choice, have that positive experience, live life with, I choose to, I'm deciding, and be in control. This is just a perspective of how you look at life, an attitude of the way you see things. That's why I put a pair of glasses there, right? In every crossroad of your life, you have a decision to make, and it's through that lens that you're looking at that helps you decide, left or right. You also could stay on one side and say, I've got no choice, life, life is just bad for me. Why am, I, why am I saying all this, right? So far, what I'm sharing is somewhat of a worldview up to, up to this stage, right? And in a, let's say, in an office context, in a training context, this will make perfect, perfect sense. And that will get employees and, my, and my, my staff and my team all, yes, I have a choice now, you know, I'm going to give more for my company, my engagement score is going to go up, <laughs> right? Uh, but I also have team members who have actually quit after going through this sharing that I've done with them because they realize they have choice and I don't have to stay here and, you know, feel stress and yeah, perfectly fine. I gave them a pat on the back and said, well done you, right? Uh, but as Christians, we have something else, right? When we look at the crossroads of life. And I want to bring us to three Bible stories. I'm sure there are many, many more Bible stories that we can refer to. But very quickly, just three. Genesis, the book of Job, and Matthew. And in these three instances, Abraham and Isaac in the land of Moriah, right? God had asked him, go sacrifice your one and only son. What choice did he have to make? Job, where God allowed Satan to put him through all those challenges and difficulties in life. Some of us probably won't be able even to get through it, right? What was his choice? To exalt God or to walk away? Jesus. Why do I put Jesus here? Because when Jesus was on earth, he was just like you and me, right? Human form. Had that same challenge of making a choice. Imagine going through 40, and 40 days and night in the wilderness, hungry, tired, and the devil comes and tempts you three times, not one time, three times. And each time, he made the right choice. Why am I sharing you this story? And we can go on, right? God has created us in such a beautiful way, right? Uh, to give us that power of choice. But when He gave us that power of choice, He also wrapped us with love, grace, and mercy, right? To, to prevent us from, you know, not prevent us, but allow us, right? To continue to rely on Him and look upon Him. There should be a difference in the way we make our decisions when we are Christ followers, right? We will still need to make that choice. We will still need to weigh the options. And therefore, the second part of my sermon, I like to claim some, share some Bible promises that we can claim, right? To help us 
when we are at the crossroads of our life. Right? The first one. Romans 8.28, and we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him, who has been called according to his purpose. Trust God that is going to work out for your good. God is going to use everything that happens to you, right? For your good, no matter what the circumstances. This is a beautiful seal, right? That even though when we go off, he will always pull us back because his will is always to give us the best. The best. Remember that. And we can actually have peace of heart and mind, right? When we have that promise in us. Even though we may stumble, his will will always turn out good. Make your plans his plans. Proverbs 16.3 says, Commit to the Lord whatever you do, and He will establish your plans. This is a promise, you know, sometimes I myself personally wrestle with, right? Deciding if this is really true or not. Sometimes we choose our own plans when God's plan is right in front of us. Does that happen to you? It has happened to me, right? We know that that is the Holy Spirit talking, but... It just doesn't feel. There's so many uncertainties if I take that plan that God has put up for me. I am not sure. But God promises, and when He makes His plan, it's always yes and amen. There's always something good that will come out of it, right? Where we, where we saw in the first promise. There will be success. God may not always look the same way or let us see the things that we want to see, right? But we shouldn't be concerned with the details if we put our faith and trust in God. Instead, we should focus on placing our full hope and desires on Him. Promise number three, find people you trust and get their insight. Proverbs 19 says, right, seek the counsel, seek their advice, right, from others. Why is this important? You are not going through life alone. You have loved ones, family members, trusted friends, the church, community church, that will help you through that crossroad of life. Many of us are experienced and have gone through life, different challenges, and we can share that with others who also or may be going through those challenges. It may not be the same decision, may not have the same outcome, but we can learn from each other and support each other. Promise number four. See, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I am making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. This is God's promise. He can make a way when everything looks impossible. Right? We only wear a, a human lens, a very short-sighted one, I must say, right? God sees beyond that. Remember I said just now about you always make the best available choice the way you see it. What if I told you maybe you should pause, take a step back, turn to God and seek His counsel, seek His guidance, right? God can totally be doing something behind the scenes that we are not even aware of, that you thought you could never imagine. Like the text say, right? 
he can bring streams of living waters into a desert wasteland. God is able to create a better path for you. Always. Promise number five. Every day is a brand new day. Lamentations 3.23. We sing it, right? Every day, every morning, great is your faithfulness. Do we claim this promise? You know, you have to make a decision, right? What you make yesterday, what you make today, what you make tomorrow. Sometimes along that way, we are going to make that right and wrong decision, right? And when we make those wrong decisions, what do we do? We pick ourselves up, call out upon the Lord, and we start the new day again. Right? That is the promise that God's mercy provides to us every new morning. He is faithful, not because anyone deserves it, but because of who He is. Trust the one who sees your end from the beginning. This is our scripture text, right? And one of my favorite texts. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, submit to Him and He will make your path straight. This is text is so true, right? It speaks for itself. Everything we do, right? We do not need to fear making that important decision in life if we trust the Lord in everything that we do. Yes? I used to make certain decisions, right? And when I'm making those decisions, I, I need information. Being engineer tra trained, I rely a lot on what? Data, facts, right? Insights, information, logics. And sometimes you, you, you keep doing that until you get analysis paralysis, right? And we get stuck, we stall, right? I don't know what to do, you know, because there's not enough information. There's not always, we're waiting for that additional information that will give us that edge. But really? Uh, I'm not saying that data analysis is not good, okay? If you've got a chance to go learn it, go, go do it. It's the future of, of, of uh, learning. Uh, but yes, sometimes we paralyze ourselves because we don't put enough trust in God. Spend time with our Father and allow Him to show you that you indeed can trust the Lord. Right? For what He's doing, we may not understand but there's always good that will come out of it from our first promise. And the last promise that I want to, to share with you is, you know, given the amount of decisions that we have to make, big and small, that we have to make each day, right, for a lifetime, we are bound to make a few wrongs, wrong choices, wrong decisions. And what do you do when you have made that wrong decision? Beat ourselves up, crawl into a home. I have another suggestion. Take that wrong decision to Jesus. Proverbs 28, 13 says, Whoever conceals their sins does not prosper, but the one who confesses and renounces them find mercy. He wants us all, not just the pretty parts, right? not just the nice part that we do. And while there are consequences to every decision we make, we don't have to carry the guilt from one day to the next. 
If you feel that the Holy Spirit is convicting you of a bad decision you've made in the past, repent and move on. Leave your guilt at the feet of Jesus. God's mercies, God's mercy covers everything. Paul reminds us, right, to leave the past behind and move forward in the hope of heaven, becoming like Christ-like. Like the text says, Philippians chapter 3, verse 13. Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it, but one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining towards what is ahead. Ask God to show you how he's making everything good. As he promised, right? In Romans 8. Trust that God is redeeming your life. And ask him to help you see the evidence of it. And when you see it, praise the Lord for it. For each of us, the crossroad of life may be different. Some of us are even experiencing right now that crossroad of life. But I can be very certain that when we put our Lord and Jesus Christ first, we will always make that right and best choice. Amen. Amen.
Let's bow our heads for prayer. Our Heavenly Father, there's no turning back when we look towards you. That no matter what the crossroads of life we may be facing, we know that we can look towards you and claim your promises that you have given to each and every one of us. Now, as we go our separate ways, may you continue to take care of us, keep us safe, and continue to bless each and every one of us. For I pray in Jesus' name, amen.